Hello, friends. We are so glad that you're here at First Pres to worship together. Let's stand and get ready to praise our Heavenly Father that is everlasting.
please be seated. Good morning. My name is McLean Murphy, and I'm on the staff in the session here at First Pres. And for those of you in the room and those of you joining us online, we're so glad that you're here this Sunday morning. We have been going through a series called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. We've actually got the book right here. It's a book written by a pastor out of Portland, Oregon, John Mark Comer. And John Mark is passionate about helping people become disciples of Jesus, apprentices of Jesus, living the way of Jesus. And the way that we do that is by imitating Jesus. And his theory is that one of the main ways we don't imitate Jesus is that we live hurried lives. Raise your hand if you hurried into this room this morning. You hurried your kids to the car. You hurried your husband out the door. We certainly did. At one point I said, we don't have time to turn the lights off. Get in the car, people. <laughs> right? We all do it. And so what we are being invited to do through this sermon series, through this book, even in this very moment, is to unhurry. And one of the ways that we do that is that we turn off all of the other distractions. Have you ever, in the middle of church, gotten a piece of paper out and started writing down your to-do list for the week and the transition between the song and the next speaker? Have you ever, in the middle of a sermon, just done a quick scroll through Instagram? Right? We do these things. We, we are addicted to multitasking, even in this one hour, this gift that God has given us. And so my invitation to you and my invitation to myself is today, this morning, for this next hour, to be all in, to not multitask, to leave your phone in your pocket, to leave your phone in your purse, whatever it is. Would you give yourself the gift of being all in and present with Jesus for one hour and to see what he does to your soul? Does he unhurry it? Does he leave you with peace? Does he fill you up in a way that you've been longing for? That's our invitation this morning. If you're new, we're so glad that you're here. We have a connect card so that we can get to know you, serve you, get you a part of our communication plan. And so I would invite you to scan the QR code and fill that out um, on our website. Please pray with me. God, thank you that you invite us into an unhurried, fulfilling journey with you. God, so often we, uh, we complain and we say, well, God, I can't hear your voice. God, I don't sense your presence. God, I don't feel your peace. But maybe it's because we're not leaving room for you. I know that that's true for me, Jesus. I can be so um, hurried, so busy, so running from one thing to the next. Of course I can't hear you. I, I leave no room for you. And so I pray that in this next hour, all there is is space for you to show up and transform our hearts. And Jesus, we have people on our hearts and our minds this morning who we want to uh, lift up to you. We pray for our beautiful friend, Jackie Faircloth, Lord, who has been having seizures and is in the hospital. And um, God, just this for this seven-year journey that she's been on since she was hit by a car, Jesus, um, this agonizing journey for their family, Lord, would you meet them in this exact moment as they're in the hospital with her? We thank you that she's stable, um, but God, we pray for Kathy and John and JT and their 
um, her cousins and her aunts and uncles and just um, the people nearest to her who love her dearly, Jesus, we just pray that you would um, comfort them and, and help Jackie um, to uh, get over the seizure episode. And Father, we also pray for Eleanor here in the room, Lord, our friend, um, as she continues to grieve the loss of her husband, Norm, whose life uh, we were able to celebrate yesterday, Father, I just pray that um, for Eleanor and all of their family, Lord, that you would continue to hold them near um, in a tender way as they continue to grieve. And God, we just pray um, in this next hour, Jesus, would you just align our hearts with yours? Would you unhurry us? And would you help us uh, find rest for our souls? In Jesus' name, amen. Bryce Lynn, our director of student ministry, is so excited to invite teenagers to come right back here next Sunday night from 6 to 10 p.m. for late night game night. Y'all, it's not even a school night because there's no school the next day. So this is going to be nonstop games and action. Probably go later than 10 p.m. even. But you want your kids here. If you're a teenager, you want to be here and you want to be a part of this. Now I just have the joy of introducing a friend of mine, Katie Pearson. And Katie is involved in our young adult ministry here at First Pres, and she's going to tell you about our next mixer for men and women in their 20s and 30s, you know, kind of sketching around all that. And so come on in a little bit closer. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kathy. Hey, everyone, for those that I haven't met, like Kathy said, I'm Katie. I just moved to the Tampa area last summer and didn't really know anybody here, but somehow ended up at First Pres on my second day in town. Um, and had the opportunity to meet Kathy and Fizz after the service. And she told me about this Taco Tuesday that was happening that very week. So four days into being here, um, I, I decided I was going to go and check it out. I actually showed up almost an hour early, which Kathy knows is not like me. I met, read the invitation wrong. Um, but it was awesome because I had the opportunity to hang out with her a little bit as she was setting up and meet some of the other folks who are part of the preparation. So it's an awesome event. You know, I've gone to many since, and um, it's great food. It's great fellowship. It's it's great time to be together with people that are from this church, but from all around the Tampa area. So highly recommend it. Um, it's coming up. It's on February 22nd, and it's going to be this time at the home of Jane and Sam Greaves. So Kathy's phone number is up there so that you can RSVP, and I really hope that uh, you come out and check it out. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Katie. Appreciate it. Yeah. We have the privilege of introducing new members this morning. We are so excited. So I'd like to invite Michelle Barrows, and there she is, Carla Lankard, to come on up. Do you all feel like coming up here? Kind of fun up here, right? A couple of quick, quick things about, I'll tell you a couple of things about Carla, and Kathy can tell you a couple of things about Michelle, though I could do it also. <laughs> Carla is a nurse. She's been practicing her trade for 43 years. She's at Tampa General Hospital. She's the mother of two adult, fine adult daughters, and they're, so she's the mother-in-law of two husbands, but she's most famous for being the mother of Rachel Godin, our director of children's <laughs> ministry.
Kathy's going to hit Yes, the and so, and also she specializes in venous access as a nurse for challenging patients. So I love that because that's so much care. Thank you. And she loves children like her daughter. Oh, boy. She serves in our children's ministry team as well. And then Michelle Barrows is a dear friend. Brooksingham, I'm hitting on your fiance. <laughs> so over, in, over there is Brooks Cunningham, who most recently, I couldn't help myself, Kathy. He all right. Asked, he asked her to marry him. He duped her and he got her into Colorado and out in the snow. And the next thing you know, people are taking pictures. He's on a knee. I mean, Wyoming, sorry. <laughs> anyway, she needs a sling to hold up her arm. I'm just going to let her rest because that thing is so heavy. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I don't blame you. It, and and M Michelle was with Cineverse Technologies doing really cool projects for the bosses of the place doing HR stuff, and she has a new job now, and I can't remember what it is, but it's still cool. Well, she's actually an HR strategist for Deloitte, and oh, she's that's what she is. leading large companies through HR transformations. Transformations, big deal. Wow. But also, also she leads a First Pres Life Group along with Brooke Faircloth for middle school girls, and those girls just love her. And Brooke, too, of course. Brooke is here as well. We are just so excited that you want to become members of First Pres. And you come to us as followers of Jesus, but you're choosing to step into this family of faith. And so I want to ask you, will you promise to share with all of us in prayer and worship and service to the Lord together so that we might glorify God and enjoy him together? If so, say we will. We will. And we want you to know that as you join, we're making a promise to y'all because it is our promise that we will encourage your relationship with Jesus and growing in your faith, your walk with him, and we will be praying for you and loving you. And it's just, that's what families do, isn't it? So we thank God that you're a part of who we are. Let's praise God for that. So when you all came in this morning, you actually encountered many First Pres Dream Team members. These are Dream Team members who welcomed you in the parking lot, greeted you when you came into the building. Some of them served behind the scenes doing our technology and our slides, greeting people online as online ambassadors, setting up for communion. Some are up front drawing our hearts closer to Jesus through music and singing. All these Dream Team members, of which there are about 65 of them, will tell you to a person, if you ask them, that serving on the Sunday morning Dream Team has drawn their hearts closer to Jesus, closer to a sense of being a part of this family, and closer to a greater sense of gratitude. Last week, we had the honor of doing an appreciation brunch for many of them that could, were able to come because of their extraordinary generosity in giving back to God in this way. And we know, too, that as they create relational environments every Sunday morning, enabling you and me and anyone coming into these doors to have an encounter and an experience of Jesus, that that's the miracle of giving back to God in this way. I'm so grateful for them, aren't you? There are five ways that you can continue to give back to God, serving him with your time and your giftedness and your resources. All of that matters to the heart of God.
singing, I'd, I'd like to draw our attention to the book of Joshua, Joshua 6 specifically. And this is the story of God's chosen people, the Israelites, and their journey towards their promised land, the land that the Lord had for them, and then their obstacle, the city of Jericho. You see, the city of Jericho was a large, fortified city, and they had a well-established army and in order for the Israelites to get to where they needed to go, they needed to destroy that city. The Lord spoke to the Israelites and said, I will give you the victory. And he gave them instructions to march one time around the city for six days and on the seventh day to march seven times with blowing trumpets and at the end of the seventh time of blowing trumpets to scream as loud as they could. And after doing so and obeying and believing what God said was true, the walls came tumbling down and the city was destroyed and the Israelites continued on their way. This morning, there are some here in this room, some that are online and some that will watch the service days from now that have encountered a Jericho of their own something that seems like an impenetrable wall. And there are people, doubters, that may say, these walls aren't, aren't coming down. This diagnosis, there is no healing, there is no cure. It is firmly planted, it is not moving. This relationship, it is not going to be restored. It is not going to be reconciled. There's no recovery from this financial uh, hardship. All these things. But friends, we serve the living God that has given us the authority to move mountains if we believe for it. We serve a God who sent his son that overcame death and healed the sick. We serve that same God and that's what this song is about. So I hope that as we sing, you find encouragement, but motivation and empowerment for the God that we serve and what we can do and what he can do in his name. Let's sing together. Chains will never break. But 
pray with me. We thank you for this beautiful day. Even though it's raining, it's warm inside. There's love. We can feel it everywhere. We pray that our lives be filled and overflowing with the power of your love so we can make a difference in this world. We ask for your help in reminding us that the most significant thing we can do in life is to simply love you and to choose to love others. Help us to love as you love. Fill us with your spirit so that we can choose what is best. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we ruthlessly eliminate hurry, just a quick and very important staff update. What's happened is uh, Bryce Lynn, our student ministry director, has in a hurry, way faster than we anticipated, he has decided to pursue a new career in, in teaching. He's going to teach history, eighth grade history at Madison Middle School. But it's all happened so quickly that it's gonna, he's going to start almost immediately. We don't know exactly when, but all this communication has sort of come out in some, maybe you got a little bit confused, but here's what I want you to know. Parents of teenagers, middle school and high school age teenagers. Bryce is not leaving us. He's going to keep doing everything he's been doing. That is, everything on Sunday morning, everything on Wednesday night, everything on the morning he meets with high school guys over at Village Inn. He's going to keep leading the leaders. He's going to do all of that kind of stuff. So he's taking a new job. We think he's going to start really soon. He's been fingerprinted and vetted and everything else. So, But I just wanted you to be aware of that. If you have a question, you can call me. But nothing is going to change. Meanwhile, led by Elizabeth Kristen, who is really, really, really good at this, this the personnel team is going to, faster than we anticipated, start the search for a new person. So we'll be searching for the outstanding person who's going to be next to lead us with students, middle and high school age. Your job is to pray like crazy. Pray for Bryce. Pray for the person that God has for us who's going to come help us lead this new thing. Pray for all of us and pray for teenagers. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing. 
And then when we find a new person, Bryce will step away. He'll stay involved in the church. His family's going to stay involved in the church. Other ways that he can be a leader, they can lead. But that's what you needed to know if you were wondering what's going on out there. And that's what it is. We good? If you have a question, contact me or Kathy directly, and we'll help you uh, understand that things will be things will be busy. We're going to be busy searching, uh, and so we'll find someone. Lord, lead someone to us. That's our goal. So we'll, while we're talking about students, let's talk about me as a student. When I was 18 years old and just finished high school and was about to start college, just a few weeks before I was about to start college, I heard an invitation. It was from Jesus. And I chose to begin to follow Jesus. So you could say I became a Christian. You could say I trusted the Lord. You could say I met the Lord. You could say I got born again. You could say I was saved. Whatever language that you, you're used to hearing or maybe not used to using, that's what happened to me. Carefully, thoughtfully, hearing the invitation to do so, I decided to be a person who was a follower of Jesus and have been doing so ever since. Another really important decision, second only to that one, is I chose to marry Kathy. So here's, now we're not going into the details because there's some things about it that didn't go like how you want and I don't come out looking good. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> I come out looking really bad. <laughs> Next month will be 44 years. She was only 11. <laughs> I'm kidding. She was legal. <laughs> Y'all are smart people. You can do math. <laughs> Sorry, Kat. I had to do that. <laughs> There's no hiding. It's 44 years. <laughs> Point. Feeling what was invitation and also careful thinking and measuring and deciding, invitation and choice. Lots of other ways, me, I and my life and you and yours. This job, same thing, 24 years ago, in, in hearing the invitation, choosing, having children, friends, all, how I, all of that. All of us have big decisions we've made, and we, we heard an invitation in some form, and then we made careful decisions. Here's what's also been happening. While I wasn't paying attention, without any clear or particular invitation, without me having a chance to think about it, here's what happened to me. I woke up and looked, and I was addicted to my phone. I didn't choose to be addicted. I got duped. You've been duped. Unless you can prove that you haven't been, you have been duped and I have been duped by the digital age. It's just on us and we didn't choose it. But now, today, in this series, McLean introduced it eloquently earlier, we're hearing an invitation to choose to build a way of life, a trellis. We have a bougainvillea in front of a trellis. That bougainvillea is guided, it's given space, it's directed, it's lifted by the trellis. Those are really powerful words. I'm, I'm, I'm done, hooked. Those people 
who designed this stuff, guess what they're getting paid to do? They're getting paid to capture your attention. And guess what? They're really good at it. It works. I'm not demonizing them. It, you, you have to decide for yourself how this is helpful and how it isn't. But one of the things it does to us, it's 70% of human beings in North America, when asked the question, when you have your nothing to do, is it true of you that you pick up your phone? 70% of us say yes. This thing is screaming at me in all caps, pick me up. And you're laughing because you know it's true for you. Watch this. <laughs> it won't break. <laughs> Better not. <laughs> Kathy, I used your money to buy it. <laughs> so digital age, it's a reality. We've been playfully saying that when Steve Jobs released the first iPhone in 2007, he released it in, into the wild. But this created this digital reality. And here, the digital reality is omnipresent. That's a word we use about God. The character of God, omnipresent. The character of God, a couple of other ones. Uh, omniscient, all-knowing, all-loving, omnipresent. But that's what this is for us. And I'm telling you, my friends, unless we hear the invitation from Jesus and choose to live an unhurried life, we're duped. Here's the problem. The digital reality robs us of our capacity to be present, to be in the moment. Are you hearing an invitation there to decide whether or not you think that's an accurate description of what's going on to us and around us? That's what I want us to do together. I want us to be a family that decides that being present, being in the moment with people, with God, with our own soul, we're being robbed of the capability of doing that. Let's be a family that's deciding carefully, hard work, book, whatever you do, group, to make sure that we work against it. Let's fight it. Let's rebel against hurry. Here's another way of describing this thing about us being robbed of the capacity to be present. Here's another word that I saw. Interior immigration. Ooh. We're not present in the here and now. We're not present to God. Invitation to analyze, to think, to reflect, to, and then the decision. What are we going to do? Are we going to hear, we're going to listen and hear the invitation from Jesus, and then are we going to decide that we're going to do something about it? Are we going to choose to build a trellis, a way of life that helps us stay attached to Jesus? in the moment, in the present, in the now. In the beautiful King James English word for John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, the passage that talks about us being branches and Jesus being the vine, he says over and over again, here's the invitation. You ready? Some of you can say it already. Abide in me. My dream is that we're a family that makes abiding in Jesus the center 
of our life that we share together. That's what I want for us. We're going to choose to build this trellis. And we do it, we do it individually, but we also do it with each other because the vines get all happily mixed with each other. Isn't it beautiful when you find your life supporting someone else's and their life supporting yours in this reversing of interior immigration, learning to get back to being present in the here and in the now with God, with other people and with our own souls. That's what we want. Can we copy Jesus? So the, the subtitle of today, if the ruthless elimination, and I'm pointing to the book, the ruthless elimination of hurry is the overall goal that we've been working on. And we're building, we're just doing this together as a family. The subtitle today is, is this. It's the power of quiet in a world full of noise. The power of quiet. And we're being issued an invitation even to say, try something new in your way of life. Build new structure into your way of life. Build something. Hang on your trellis some new habits. And we, we'll talk, we're going to talk next week about prayer. But we've talked about prayer. We've talked about Bible reading. We've been praying and fasting. There's a third one. As a church, as we've been asking God to lead us into this new venture, we're going to keep talking about fasting. We've talked about doing life together as Jesus followers with our Christian family, and we mean that in multiple ways, Sunday mornings, in your groups, serving. And now we're talking today about quiet. You could put the word solitude next to it. We want to be copying Jesus, and can we copy Jesus? Can we get away from all the digital reality, the omnipresence of it, the noise the distraction? The answer is yes, we can. So let's take a look at a couple of texts. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. Jesus is going to say sort of where, and he's going to say how, and he's going to say when. And when you pray, Jesus says, when you pray, we're going to pray. He's expecting his apprentices, his followers, to pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners. It's to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their award, reward in full. But when you pray, meaning when regularly, where? Go into your room. And how? Close the door. And pray to your Father who is unseen, alone, in some place. Go to a place and be alone with Jesus and do it regularly. So I'm going to sell the book one last time. You ready? Here's the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And what I want you to realize is this is a tool that can help you do this project of building the trellis. That's what it is. I am kind of channeling my inner John Mark Comer this morning. I'm about page 119 in the book and going forward. That's, that's the teaching that he's given all of us and I'm helping to channel. So I want you to, I want you to use that book if you can. And it's going to help you to do that. Um, there are four left. I'm not going to order any more. If these four go this morning, then I'm, you tell me and I'll tell you where to go get it on Amazon. It'll be at your house by tomorrow. Ain't that great? It's a digital world, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
jumping now to watch Jesus. Can we copy him? Watch carefully, Luke chapter 5, what Jesus does. The context for this is Jesus, if you read chapters 1 through 4, I mean, it's like a sprint keeping up with him. He's doing all kinds of very meaningful things. He's, his life is full. You, you could call it busy. His life is busy with meaning. He's healing people. He's teaching people. He's traveling from town to town. He's going at it, full beam. And here we get a description from Luke of Jesus' regular behavior. Watch this. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. Now watch what happens next. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. And in parens, I have the Greek word. You know, I like that. Eremois, it's plural there, lonely places. And he prayed. We're just going to look. I want you to look at that. I'm going to say the word eremos, which is singular. I'm going to say it over and over and over again. The takeaway this morning is going to be, where is your eremos? I want you to hear the invitation from Jesus to withdraw to a place. And hearing it, choose to rebuild your life or, or build it for the first time with structure that allows you the chance to unhurry and be present in the moment alone with Jesus Christ. Let's talk about it for a few minutes. He's exhausted, Jesus is. Jesus, here's what happens. Jesus is on the road. He's sprinting. He's working. He's doing all this stuff. And here's what happens when Jesus, activity level, here's the x-axis, right? X is this way, right? Very active. Here's Jesus' prayer life, y-axis, way up. You with me? Is that working, the graph? What happens with you and me? The opposite. We get really busy, and the first thing to go is quiet. I don't know how to do this with the, with the, that was busy. I don't know. So, you see, my cramp, cramp. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you about me. I, I didn't have time. I was in such a hurry. And what we're saying is, Eremos, your place, you just go there and you'll find, and I find that the, the more I have on me, the more equipped I am for it if I go. We're going to see some power in just a minute, but over busy, hectic kids, people at work, it just goes on and on and on, and we, we simply stop trying to find a way. And we, what, the first thing to go when we're busy is unhurried time, and we're being invited to be like Jesus and not let that happen to us. Two kinds of quiet you're going to like this. The external quiet. You can control that pretty good. This is what I'm doing. I turned off my music. I'm in my car. It's parked. It's not moving. But I'm quiet. External. No people, no music, no noise, no distractions. Don't even have anything out the windshield that's distracting to me. The internal quiet is the hard part. Oh, that's when my ADD kicks in. <laughs> You, you're, you know what we're talking It's just this stuff inside me. This very morning, this very morning, when I went out in my car, got my coffee, drove through and got coffee at, uh, 
at um, what's it, the donut store, what's it called? Dunkin' Donuts, because it was open. It was a little after five. Go through, and then I parked in a parking lot somewhere else, wanted to hear the rain touching my roof. Oh, it was so nice. No music. So I was looking out my windshield at trees, and I'm having, you know, I'm having on a 10 scale, I'm having about a seven kind of an experience. And I get towards the end of it, and this is what happened to me. I got duped by the rage inside me because two people in my life, both of whom know something about insurance, sort of rebuked me for not having an umbrella policy in my life. And the next thing I know, I just went into a tizzy. So I, I got interrupted in my quiet by worrying about an umbrella policy. I don't have one. I just feel like I need to get in a bubble and go home and get one tomorrow. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to say something about the devil. You ready? I got more to say about the devil next week. The devil. Don't be afraid to say devil. There's evil. There's evil in this universe. And it's bigger than just you and me making decisions that are wrong. There's something else out there as well. And here's what the devil would love to do. And he uses pretty good things to help us. The devil would love to see muchness and meaningness and noise and hurrying crowds keep you distracted, keep me away from connecting with God. Yay, touchdown. The devil is having a great time. He loves it. He's delighted. He loves to distract you from your Aramis. Doesn't want you going there. Why? Because powerful things happen when we listen and when we choose and we are in that quiet place. Well, it could be, many of us think desert like sand and heat. Okay, the word eremos could mean that, but it could mean a, a, a quiet place. It could mean wilderness. It could mean desert. It could mean just some place, a, a quiet place. It doesn't mean sand and heat. It means all of the above. And so devil doesn't want you going there. Because these kinds of powerful things happen to us when we're there. We come face to face with reality. It's scary to face reality. Here's the kind of thing that can happen if we're quiet and we get into God's presence. God will start asking you questions. Where are you? Fits. And he doesn't mean like GPS. He doesn't mean, why are you stuck in traffic on 275? He doesn't mean that. Where are you relationally with me, with others? And then, he, then God would say, he said that in Genesis 3 to this famous guy in the Bible named Elijah. He said, why are you here? Why are you here, Fitz? Then God will say, why are you doing what you're doing, comma, Fitz, question mark. Those kind of questions powerful questions because here's what happens it may be scary it may be threatening but what happens is this we're in the safe environment of an unbelievably loving God and those questions this quiet place becomes a furnace of transformation and we become different people you know what we become we become people of love Healthy people face reality at all costs. And then healing happens, and then change happens, and transformation happens, and freedom happens. We come to him, and he changes us.
But another one that's related is what the powerful thing that happens when we are in our eremos. We come as we are. You don't come like you think you ought to be. You come right now as you are. And you know what happens to us? We experience God's compassion, experience God and God's love. It's not about knowledge in our head. Get all that you can. But experiencing God is to experience God, relationship, love, to be loved. He transforms us. That's powerful. Into people of love, very powerful. There's another thing that happens when we're in our Eremos. We yield. We toss in the towel of the illusion of control. I try to control people. I try to control my life. I try to control my circumstances. And here's what we do. Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before he's executed, he prays, if there's any other way we can do this. But then he says these powerful words, but not my will, yours. And in the Lord's Prayer, that, that prayer that we all call the Lord's Prayer, it comes right after what we already read in Matthew chapter 6, just a few lines later. Thy will be done. So when we're in the quiet Eremos, we yield. And the next thing you know, there's calm. There's a sense of gratitude. And there's a sense, circumstances notwithstanding, of well-being. Oh, that's so powerful. And one last way that the Eremos, the quiet, this is so good because it's so powerful. When we go away to our place, our Eremos, to be with Jesus, guess what Jesus did when he withdrew? He came back. We come back. People of love. That's what happens to us. Those are four really powerful things that happen to God's people when we go and be with him in our quiet place. I ask you, and I'm going to ask you again, where is your Aramis? Maybe, you've, maybe you're just saying, ah, I don't, I don't have one, and you can feel it, and you want it. If you can feel yourself wanting it, God will honor that. But maybe you have a place. And again, I'm pointing to the trellis. And that place is a part of the, the guarantee that you get some chance to unhurry your time and connect, abide. So picking a place and picking a time and going there, that's a part of the structure. If you don't have a place and you don't have a time, then you won't do it. And when we sit down, part of what we do is we're just plain quiet. It's so powerful. Yes, you want to maybe pray. You want to read some scripture. There's other things that, we'll, that you can do. But quiet is also one of the powerful ones. Are you ready to either arrange or rearrange your life? To copy Jesus? To become a person who's abiding in him, finding new calm, finding new well-being, and transformed into a person of love. Let me pray. Gracious God, here's a great way for us to love you back. To just find the time and find the place and go there. And we will trust you. We'll yield. We'll tell the truth. We'll face reality. 
we will come just as we are. And you will love us and you'll make us more like yourself. Help us, gracious God, to hear the invitation and then to choose to respond. We ask this all in the name of our leader, our discipler, Jesus. Amen. We'll see you next time.